Good evening, Vancouver. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, December 12th, 2022. Just about two and a half weeks, three weeks to go in the calendar year. And then we're off into 2023 and the Vancouver Canucks are still not very good. As always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I'm great. Thank you for asking. I am winding down my my next course in my master's. So I finished my paper yesterday, got my final this Friday. It's it's perfect because it's a very slow week for the Canucks, but not a slow week in terms of topics, which I know we're going to get to pretty quick, but I'm good. And how about you, fine sir? I'm good. I yeah. am, uh, you know, only two games for us to talk about this week. Um, <laughs> one of them was good. One of them not very good. Oh. Even the first one also not fantastic, but we will go over both of those as we always do. And then, obviously, the big topic for tonight is going to be Bo William Horvat, uh, mm. who has uh, has had some things swirling around contract slash trade slash whatever wise. So um, that's going to be our marquee topic probably in about 20 minutes or so. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. And uh, uh, we always find stuff to talk about for sure. We could have talked about the Canucks playoff chase. We could talk about what's the identity of the team. There's all kind of stuff that I've been thinking about for my own channel. And then we had this little nugget drop this morning. But yes, we will build up to it for sure. We usually start off by going through the plethora of games that took place this past week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, That's going to be the big one. And we have... Um, you know, it, it, the Horvat thing sort of started with the Dolly Wall thing on uh, on Donnie and Dolly, and then him and Drance put an article on the Athletic, which goes well into detail, which we will be diving into, um, uh, for the most part. That'll be our our big marquee topic because guess what? We are only like two and a half months away from the trade deadline, right? Like yeah, like this is yep, yep. you know we're we're talking about like seventy five days or so, maybe eighty days until the move has to be made. Um. But yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's okay. uh, build up some about. suspense um, as we uh, as we can do. So, do you want to start with uh, with some Canucks hockey? Yeah, and by the way, just before we start, I, I just got to highlight this. Um, iTech is here for the first time, which is awesome. He uh, he heard about this show, which is awesome, and then he presumed when I tweeted out or whatever that Clay, me, and Parker. Parker was Clay's son. Well, I, 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 hopefully Parker didn't throw up in his mouth. But yes, although we're good friends, and I am old enough to be his dad. No, we are not related. But thank you. I'm glad that you're here. That is funny. <laughs> All right. Um, you just no just, comment from Parker. No, no comment. <laughs> nope. I'm good. Just uh, just two games to go over. Yes. Uh, the first one being on uh, was it Tuesday or was it Wednesday? I think it, was it was Wednesday because we did we, we did, did our show, show on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. So Canucks Sharks. Uh, and this is a game where. Uh, Canucks blew a multi-goal lead. Have you heard that story before? Um, oh man, they blew they blew one multi-goal lead and then like another regular lead. It was it was a mess of a hockey game um, that ended with a, a sweet goal. But yeah, Canucks get behind the eight ball early. A, a, a former Vancouver Canucks legend Nick Bonino uh, tipping a shot through to make it one nothing. Early, very early, very early. Eighteen seconds in, uh, Dakota Joshua. Uh, ties it up and then he yeah. t- gives them the lead he gets two goals yeah. should have been three should have well actually well. no that was goal interference but he does get two goals he his net front on the power play power play two does work mm-hmm. um and uh canucks go uh, into the intermission up two or up one he, he's, he's a big boy and yeah this game and we'll as the game progresses people will see that it's very it had a lot of similar 
aspects to the Montreal game two days prior, but not the start because the start we know Montreal went up four nothing. This one we actually had the lead after one, and yeah, Joshua was the the best player for the Canucks, and that second goal, that power play goal, was nice. It was actually a tip from Garland who actually made a really good play, and then Joshua with some really good hand eye to I don't did he stop the tip or did the tip actually get to the goalie? Regardless, he he put it in pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, it was a good quick finish. Um, yeah. Just 25 seconds to go in the period. Mm. Uh, so the Canucks have the edge. And then to start the second period, we get a Niels Hoaglander goal, uh, who has been, you know, quiet for the last calendar year, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's good to see him get his third of the year. Just a nice little shot, uh, similar to yeah. the goal that got disallowed um, from that JT Miller penalty about a week prior. Good point. Um, so yep. Canucks get the multi-goal lead and nobody feels safe about it um because uh you know at this point they're getting outshot right like after two and you know we'll, we'll get to the san jose goals in the second period but sure, sure. i mean after two the shots were 27 to 19 i think in favor of san jose hmm. um so pretty dominant uh, in their end and then we get uh, a power play goal from yeah. timo meyer uh who yeah. seems to always do well against the canucks oh, he's so good yeah he's a yeah. very good hockey player and then they tie it up with a shorthanded goal um about three and a half minutes after that um and this is this was the was this the wait which one was this yeah no this is the one where uh ekman lars it was so it was the second unit right. was out there and i think ekman larson made a horrible yeah didn't yeah. ekman larson lose it i think so i think he just i, I think he just got burned yeah. um, oh no you're right he didn't lose it. He, he got burned. And then he, he got the pass at the point. Yes. He had it on the backhand, just a bad play, uh, trying to get it back into play. And then the stretch yeah. pass, he just got beat. Couture beat him. Uh, this is a weird goal, too. Slow. Like, it's not like it's not like Logan Couture is very fast. No, um, but yeah, it's not like it was a hard burned. shot either. No, no, it was a, it was a mess, a mess of a goal shorthanded. But the Canucks get the lead back uh, with about 30 seconds to go. It's an Ilya Mikheyev goal. Um, to make it 4-3 with 30 seconds to go, where he gets a, a beautiful breakaway pass from uh, from Tyler Myers, of all people. So, Parker, can I tell you a funny story about this, this goal? So, it was a, it was Wednesday night. It was a rare night where all five of us were home, me, Gil, and the three kids, and, and Sean's girlfriend, Fernanda, and Mickey, our dog. So, seven of us sort of watching the game. And I was explaining to the family how Tyler Myers has some really bad um, exit stats. It, like, the guy... I can't remember a good time he's done a, either a good outlet pass or whatever. So I just finished saying, Parker, I said, watch, Myers is going to do something really dumb here. And then he makes this beautiful <laughs> alley-oop yeah. pass to McKayev. <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. Um, yeah, I, I, you, need to tell, you need to say more bad things about Tyler Myers, I think. <laughs> Apparently it works. Um, <sighs> so going to the third period, Canucks up 4-3. Again, no yeah. lead is safe with this team. And it's Jonah Gadjevich. Uh, former Vancouver Canuck. <laughs> this is the bad giveaway by a dying San Jose. Yes. Um, yeah, just just a mess. And then guess what? They scored again. Um, so it's five four San Jose with about eight and a half minutes to go, and then San Jose takes a penalty, um, and the Canucks get back in the power play, and is four minutes left, and it is Andre Kuzmenko just parking next to the post. Um, was this one just next to the post, or Pedersen just fired it at him? And it, and it went in. Like no, this one. This. No, this one. Yeah, he was on the goalie. It was the right, slap pass, right? Calling for it exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So a, a sweet Patterson slap pass with Kuzmenko just yeah parked next to the post, um, taps it in, uh, and uh, Canucks tie it up, going to overtime, and then at the very end of OT, Patterson scores, um, and the Canucks get uh, get a get a nice little win. 
So uh, some interesting similarities here. Obviously, the one goal win in overtime, uh, similar to the Montreal game two days before, in a game where they needed a late power play to tie it up. I believe Kuzmenko scored in the Montreal game too, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Petey scored the game winner. Thanks to a, a sweet play by Spencer Martin uh, yes. sliding out on that rebound. That was nuts. Yeah, so in the Montreal one, it was only 13 seconds in, and that's because Matheson forgot how to skate. In this one, yeah, Martin makes a great save, uh, and then uh, aggressive on the rebound too, and then it goes the other way. Now, unlike the last game where we beat San Jose, where Timo Meyer, remember he made that inexplicable line change right in the middle? Yeah. <laughs> At least this one, they, they played a little more honestly, but they're, yeah, it's because two of the San Jose guys were were on their on their butts in our zone after trying to, to rush the net. Yeah, uh, nice... Uh, a feed from Kuzmenko. Kuzmenko underrated as a passer, Parker. Like we we were all excited about his goals, but the guy's got twelve assists this year. Yeah, no, he's uh he's he's very good, and that's yeah. kind of kind of a problem, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to with the whole Horvat thing. Um, but yeah, no, he's been fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then this next game is all you because I was at a Christmas party. I watched the first period uh, <sighs> and a bit of the second period, and they were losing. I saw the shorthanded goal in the second period. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and off that beautiful JT Miller feed um, to spring the breakaway. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, just a, just a bad. You know, they they played well, fairly. Yeah. Um, but you know, they just they just couldn't score. Yeah, and uh, I'll make this short and sweet because my mom taught me if you don't have. No, no, Anything nice to say? Don't say anything at all. It, it was okay. I, I was there with Gail and the two kids. We were uh, the two boys. We were excited, excited for a game where the Canucks could actually go over five hundred and uh, leapfrog Minnesota in the standings among a couple other teams. Yeah, Boldy scores in the first period. Another power play goal where the Canucks lose the the faceoff right away. It's weird. Horvat's fifty eight percent on faceoffs in the year, yet I think his shorthanded percentage is only fifty two or fifty three. And it seems like teams score in the first twenty seconds. So that's what they did. A really nice play by Boldy. No chance for Martin. Yes. Then we know the horrible shorthanded goal in the second period where, and it wasn't even a back pass, a blind back pass by Miller. It was a forehand pass. So he was even looking yeah, where right he was passing tape. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, you mentioned Horvat's faceoff percentage. I yep. think because on the power play, you get to you know the defender. It, all the faceoffs are in your own zone, so you have yep. to put your stick down first. Yeah, um, and then they get to pick the side too. Great point. Great point. So, and then uh, Connor, I don't want to say Dewar, Dewar. I just said it the same because I said it both times. Yes, and actually, I think it was his. He's from Manitoba. I looked him up because I think it was his mom and his sister were in our section because they're the only two people wearing Dewar jerseys from his junior team. So. They were very excited when he scored. I was happy for them as a family, not happy that uh, it was such a bad goal and really snuffed out any chance for the Canucks to to come back. And then Sam Steele off a horrible... Well, Ekman Larson turned it over, but it, it was Hoglander that should have probably had a stronger play. And there was a really nice backhand, but you never want to see, get beat by a backhand. And this thing, Parker, like I can understand if we lose. We're not going to win every game, obviously. But yeah. I was disappointed in the first period effort... Of, Outshot fourteen to four in a game where it was right there. You'd fought, you'd fought so hard for the past month to get to this spot where you can actually be on the good side of five hundred, and they just take a small step back once again. That to me yeah. was the most frustrating part. Yeah, yeah, it was a terrible first period outing. They they answered back in the second, right? They had like the next yeah. ten shots in the yep. second period, but they they just you know yeah they you can't score, and then you give up that shorthanded goal, it kills everything, right? Yes. Um. Yes, so indeed. this team is constantly just fighting to be okay you know mm -hmm. like that's there's battling for 500 and you know to make the playoffs you got to be 10 12 games over 500 so yeah. 
the longer you spend at or below 500, the the uh, less likely it gets that you make it. So what do you think the Canucks odds are making the playoffs um, as per the athletics uh, odds, which I have I'm guessing it's at 25% right now. 15%. Oh no. So it's, uh, it's not looking great because we've seen the Kings uh, and the Oilers jump up as of late, which is uh, not helped uh, yes. the Canucks chances. Yeah, and you always get confused. Sometimes you say, well, just finish third in your division. Well, easier said than done when Vegas is playing lights out. Seattle is still, I don't know how they're up there. Kings, yeah. Edmonton picking up. Uh, Calgary's still struggling just like us. But yeah, we're, we're battling for fifth and sixth in our division, not third. And then yeah. some of the central teams are starting to pick it up a bit. Minnesota, uh, Nashville, Colorado surviving despite having none of their forwards. So it's going to be tough for sure. I can see where 15% comes from. Yeah, and looking at their, their sort of odds, like, the central like odds are four teams are coming out of the central four yep. teams are coming out of the Pacific is what okay. it looks like right now. Um, because Nashville is only at about 26% per these odds. So there's mm. a big gap between Minnesota and Nashville of about, you know, 60%. Um, and then you basically have, yeah, the Oilers, the Kraken and the Kings fighting for the last two spots in the Pacific and the Canucks sort of out of it, uh, nice. at least, uh, per, per the simulation. So yeah, yeah not looking good. Um, for Vancouver here. Yeah. And before we get to the Horvat stuff, so Parker, what was interesting is then, so that was on Saturday night, the Canucks practice Sunday. They did not practice today, Monday, and they will practice tomorrow before they head out to Calgary. And on one hand, people are saying, Oh, look at all these changes in the lines and pairings. On the other hand, even guys like Dakota Joshua were saying it might've been just because uh, more of a wake up call because yeah. they have the big gap between games. But really you had Joshua skating on the line with Horvat. <laughs> you had Miller back in the middle. Um, and then you had Ethan Bear skating on the quote fourth pairing with Dermot and Kyle Burrell's taking his spot. So a lot of a lot of interesting personnel moves in that pra- one practice. Yeah, and I, I totally see that being just like yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skate you guys hard. They did yep. have a bag skate at the end. Um, we're gonna mess everything up and and see how everyone sort of responds, and then we'll see. You know, tomorrow's practice will be you know a, a good indicator of the lines come come Wednesday in Calgary. Yeah. And then uh, I'm not sure if they'll have a morning skate on Wednesday as well. Right, right. And we'll see. We'll see what they look like there. That's true. Uh, afforded that opportunity. But man, all I know is if if Dermot and Bear is your fourth pair, I'm playing them over my third pair of, of Stillman and, and Myers. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> it's I'm putting Dermot and Bear in over Stillman any day of the week. Yeah. Um. Because yep. you know Bear is better, and <laughs> uh, Dermot might be healthy or close to it. So yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know who knows if that's actually the fourth pair, right? It's, it's, it's right. tough to tell until we have, um, until tomorrow at the very least. Yep. 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 I, I know we usually do our predictions at the end, but, uh, do you expect a, a really good intense game against Calgary on Wednesday in Calgary? Um, well, Calgary is, is on a bit of a, they, they've lost three straight, um, yep. they lost to the Habs today. They lost to the Leafs, uh, on Saturday, the mm. blue jackets on Friday. Um, so you got to imagine they're going to be pretty fired up. They're back at home. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. Oh, yeah, and three on their road trip. I, I have no faith in the Canucks really to, to come out hot, right? Like they're, they're so you can tell usually pretty early in a game, how they're going to look. Um, and yeah. hopefully they, they do a little bit better, but you know, considering with you know, prediction wise i i'm not taking the canucks over the flames but you know obviously we've we've seen uh we've seen 
crazier things happen. Yeah, just two games this week and battling two Western Western Canadian teams. It'll be interesting. Flames and mm-hmm. Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. I guess we should get to it. What are we getting to? Bo Horvat? Yeah. All right. So here's sort of how everything went today. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, Rick Dollywall goes on his show this morning uh, at 10 a.m. Uh, and basically says that the Canucks made a trade offer or made a trade. The Canucks made a contract offer to Bo Horvat's camp and it was rejected. Uh, he also then said, um, believed it was less than $8 million a year for that offer. Um, Pierre Lebrun then said further, this report told the Canucks made Horvat's camp, the new contract offer a couple of weeks ago, hmm. uh, with the offer rejected. The Canucks are now focused on the trade market between now and March 3rd. That's also oh. what Rick Dollywall said. He said, they're basically at the point where, you know, the trade market is going to be the most likely outcome here, um, over some sort of signing. Um, and then after that, we get uh, about five hours ago, we get an article from Drance and Dollywell combined that goes much more in depth, uh, which we can get to. But let's start with, you know, your your morning, you know, 10 a.m. rolls around. <laughs> what are you seeing? What are you thinking? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm at work. I usually have my slate of Monday morning meetings. And then I, I see this tweet. I didn't think too much of it until I actually watched the way that Dollywell articulated himself. And it what. The first thing I thought of Parker was, of course, how shocked we both were when that Miller announcement came out late August. And then, of course, not just you and me, but people were saying, okay, what does this mean for Horvat? Does that mean they've, in essence, picked JT over Bo? And then, so it truly, in September, I was very pessimistic that they were going to get something done to Horvat. In October, I had heard a couple guys saying, actually, they're still talking. There's not, there's room for optimism. And then back then in November, again, it kind of got. It started to, we started to hear again that the the talks weren't progressing well they weren't meeting blah 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 so it it wasn't a surprise to me truly parker but it's still when when you think about horvat being drafted bred homegrown here since 20 since the year he's drafted in 2013 this is massive so if he gets traded say in 2023 february or march it's in essence just shy of 10 years that he's been with this team playing for them for eight that's that's not that's nothing to shake your whatever the saying is that's a lot that's big <laughs> that's what i'm yeah, trying to say yeah he is he it's it's been like an era like an yeah. entire generation of this team um like you think of when bo horvat first made the team how many of those guys are still on the roster right yes. like it's is it anybody really nope. at this point nope. I, I don't think it is um so yeah we're, we're talking about basically the longest tenured canuck as of right now and yeah, they, it looks like, you know, we're we're getting to the end of that road. Now, I'm thinking if I'm Bo Horvat, I am. Yeah, there's no way I'm I'm taking a, a yep. contract under eight million dollars when I can likely go to a, a better hockey team and, and fetch more than that. So yeah. unrestricted free agent Canucks basically, you know, they're on the clock. They have to do something um, yes. by March 3rd. Uh, yeah. Other teams know that, but. Other teams also know that they are getting a proven 30 goal scorer who might score 60 this year. Um, and is, you know, like I, I, I think if he scores 40, that wouldn't be that impressive at this point. Cause yeah, he's got like 55 games to score another 20 goals. What's that? Right. That's, that's pretty yeah. easy for, for a guy of, of Horvat's caliber. So, um, 
Yeah, we're uh, you know uh, when we're talking about a, a potential rental, he's he's going to be the number one on most trade boards, or at least you know one of the one of the top three. I have to imagine, just like JT Miller was last year, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it really comes down to you know they 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 locked in JT Miller for all that money, which uh, I didn't like right off the bat, and I think you yeah. were in a in a fairly similar boat. Yeah, uh, but we sort of said, well, nothing we can do about it. Let's see what happens. And now, you know, with, uh, you know, we're seeing that sort of come home, right? The, they've decided, this management group has decided that Bo Horvat is not a number one center, most yes. likely, because the number one center, you're, you're willing to pay eight, eight and a half if they're a top end center. Um, do I think they're wrong for thinking that? I don't. I, I think if you didn't sign Bo Horvat last offseason and, and they didn't and they went the Miller route, this was the best case scenario was yes. Bo Horvat goes on an absolute tear and ideally you can get a pretty good haul for him. Um, other, I mean, your other good option was that he played really bad and then you could sign him for cheap, but that doesn't really help anybody here. So yeah, we're uh, it's a, it's definitely a weird, it's a weird vibe for sure. And there's, there's so many layers to it, but I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned Parker. Cause I think, and I've seen, I think Revenge of the Sith in their, in their chat has been saying this a lot. Yeah, it's it's one thing you might say, oh, management messed up, or oh, why won't Horvat? Yeah, I'm with you. We've said this since the summer. Horvat probably wants to change the scenery, especially, yeah. and that and that Miller deal probably sealed the deal, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at you look at Bo Horvat's, you know, his career. He's in his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth season with the Vancouver Canucks. He has played 23 playoff games, right? Like some guys play that in one year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a Stanley cup caliber team, that's about how many games you're going to have to play. Maybe more. You might play 28 games uh, to win the Stanley cup. Yeah. Um, you know, he's played 600 hockey games. Now his 600th game was, yeah. um, Saturday. was on yeah. Saturday. Um, and he is a, yeah, a, a, he's a, 30 goal 40 point or uh, sorry 50 to 60 point player he's he's averaged you know he's got 400 points basically in 600 games right mm -hmm. that's like mm -hmm. 55 point pace uh and uh, and he's scoring a bunch of goals lately um you know the last 98 games he has 51 goals that's not wow. too bad um wow so you know 40 goal pace over the last two years yeah, yeah it's uh he's going to get paid a, a pretty decent amount. And if I'm him, yeah. Do I want to get paid here where the team is capped out and there's not many prospects coming up and there, there's no seeming, there's no easy way up, right? This team is not one or two years away. So does he want to wait until yes. he's 32 until he's contending for a Stanley cup? Or does he want to go to a team that could really use a really good number two center um, that can maybe move up and play on the first line or take some faces on the first line and bump a center over or something like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he definitely would prefer to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, all, all things true. And by the way, I want to, we recognize or shout out coach Rob who gifted, uh, Canucks after dark membership it goes to Jap Japan Four. so thank you coach Rob and thank you Japan Four and, uh, Andrew Chang tuning in, in all the way from Tokyo, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. So thank you. I don't know the time difference, but um, I'm sure it might not be great. So, or maybe it's, it's probably good, just actually. the morning. Yeah. It's oh, probably yeah. not that bad. That's true. Um, That's true. Yeah. That's true. So uh, yep. looking at this article, uh, you know, for some more, 
depth. Actually, I haven't read um, it yet, so I'm, I'm ready for you to educate me. Yes. Yeah, so basically they what they said is, quote, we believe the club tendered their leading goal scorer a max term offer, so eight years, uh, that was well shy of $8 million, which an $8 million is about the, the rate for a top center, top line mm-hmm. center. So mm-hmm. they said eight years. So they gave him. A, they said we'll give you a bunch of term, which would be significant, right? That takes him to thirty-five years old, basically. Yeah. Um, but well shy of eight million. So I'm assuming that means seven. Yeah. That's still. I mean, that's that's not a terrible offer, right? It's fifty-six million dollars. But if he thinks he can get an extra at five hundred k a year and play for a team that maybe he's in a state that doesn't pay taxes or pays less taxes or, or wherever he might go. Right. Like that. We could be talking about a pretty significant amount of money to be on a team. That's also winning a lot of more hockey games. Um, you know, like he's not a dumb guy. He can look around <laughs> and be like, Hey, what teams are, you know, on the up and up, right. What yeah. team would adding me to be a real boon for? Um, yep. So the other things that uh, they say here, so the rejection of that offer is put Horvat on the trade block as the club looks ahead to monetizing um, Bo Horvat uh, and their best trade chip part, uh, prior to the deadline. Um, things can obviously change in the blink of an eye, which is fair because, um, you know, JT Miller's on the trade block for months and they, they had that extension. Um, but they say that we have the sense that it's going to be, quote, tough to stuff the genie back in the bottle in this case. <laughs> um, the club is actively engaged in listening to offers. So here's what they're ideally looking for, apparently. Okay multiple young players yeah so they are saying they want ideally centermen and right-handed defensemen two of the most expensive pieces which is fair Mm -hmm. um uh, the club is poised to be reluctant to take back money to facilitate uh, to facilitate a trade or to retain salary now i don't get why you'd be reluctant to retain salary on a guy whose contract is expiring at the end of the year right? right unless it's just like it won't work to be cap compliant for the rest of the year. But yeah. I'm thinking like, you know, you do, you do what you got to do, right? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta... and then that point, Parker, you're right. Let's say we get back a younger center and a, and a good right hand, but young hand, right hand D you'd guess that they're not going to add up to 5.5 or whatever Bo's right. making. So I, I agree with you that you should be able to retain a little bit unless teams want us to retain 25% or something. Now we're talking about a million, a million and a half. So yeah, I, yeah. And if you're trading two for one, right, yep. you can kind of go to six and a half because you're going to have to send another guy to the AHL yep. and yep. make some some stuff work that way. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it is interesting. They also note that uh, the Canucks have not given Horvat's agent permission to discuss a possible extension with any teams that are interested in trading for Horvat. Um, considering the volume of expected interest in Horvat, who's a faceoff specialist, power play ace and lethal goal scorer it is likely that such permission won't be granted at all. So he's likely to be dealt as a pure rental, which seems odd to me, right? I don't Isn't know that lower why. value. You'd think so, right? Um, because then they only get him for the one, the yeah. one run. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some weird reason that they have, but um, right. they, they say that, you know, since there's going to be a lot of volume, they apparently, they might not need to um to do hmm. that because maybe maybe that does reduce the options right because maybe you do go uh and say okay you can go look at you can go talk right. to all these different teams and, and say okay you know go go talk to to this person that person or whatever and he's going to come back and say yeah i will only sign an extension with this team so you're right every, so then values might get lower but i'm Great not point. entirely sure 
Uh, actually, uh, no, you're a smart guy. That that's a really good point because my first thought was, yeah, wouldn't a sign and trade, uh, although very rare, maybe there's a reason why you think you fetch so much more because now the team's paying uh, owes you like seven years of assets. Yeah, versus you're right, uh, the much bigger field it is if it's a rental versus only a couple teams that might have the cap space to do that sign and trade. So that's a really really good point. Wow, th- that's fascinating. That is. This is so a lot of people, Parker, ask us or ask me, ask you, you know, what do you and you did that really good video of, of uh, the analysis evaluation of Rutherford and Alvin after one year. This I think you'd agree. This is the true test. Like the, the Miller contract was big, some minor trades that you talked about, some, you know, some moves, whatever. Uh, but th- and all the off ice stuff. But this is the, the true test of, of I think, uh, of their metal. I, I, and I think we can properly evaluate after March 3rd, really? Yeah, this is the first time they've really been on the clock, right? Yeah. The JT Miller deal, they they made that move in September. Their deadline for that JT Miller decision was March 3rd, just like Bo Horvat's. Right. Uh, and they made the decision to go the Miller route, which sort of led to where we are with Bo Horvat, right? That yep. definitely had a big play. Now, obviously, there's a lot of things that happened in the previous regime that I would argue had more of an impact towards <laughs> re-signing Bo Horvat. You know, we sort of talked before the show that Arizona deal being the the obvious culprit, um, which is a disaster and a half. So, yeah, it's a, it's a huge, you know, it's, it's the captain of the team, right? It is not their most valuable player, but their third most valuable player as of right now. Um, right. And, and probably the second best current playing member of the team. Um, cause Hughes has been a little bit worse than worse than, uh, last year, but still, you know, Horvath scored 20 goals already. So this is, you know, this is it, right? This is their, this is going to be their marquee move for the next couple of years. Most likely. Um, they also say in the article that, um, the club is prioritizing netting the right return rather than trying to make a deal promptly to enhance the lottery odds in the months ahead. But there's still an openness to execute a Horvat deal quickly if a rival club meets their ask. So okay. they're not saying like, hey, we're going to push it as far as we can towards the trade deadline. Uh, they're also not saying we're going to try to get this done now to make the team worse because they're not going to make the playoffs anyways. Basically saying once we get the right offer, we'll make the move. And it's funny, I guess the third one is they they didn't say this, but I guess they're also not going to make a move quickly to try and make the playoffs either, right? They talked about uh, not making a move just to help their lottery odds, but at the same time, they're not going to try and make a move uh, and rush a move to try and make a playoff run, which seems, as you said, very unlikely at 15%. Okay, here's a thought for you. Here's a thought for you. Do you think... Do you think it's a done deal or is this part, as as some people suggested on Twitter, that this is typical negotiating through the media? Horvat's agent calls Rick Dollywell and says, hey, say, I don't know why, but say say this and then let's let, maybe it'll force the Canucks to, to, to give us another counter offer. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you it, put any stock into that? Definitely possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this this management group so far has been notoriously tight lipped. Yeah. Um, so you have to think that, you know, either they have, you know, I'm sure the media is building connections with people that are with sources, right. And all these new people in the, in the organization. So I'm sure they will get more and more as time goes on, but yeah, yeah, you know, this could all be coming from the side of, um, 
the agent, right? And I imagine a part of it did. I imagine that offer that got rejected. I imagine that came from the agent side, but I'm sure then, you know, Rick Dollywell knows who to ask and and what to ask, and and probably got somewhere. I mean, right, I, I'm yeah. My brain is thinking like eighty twenty right yeah. now. Because why would the Canucks come out and say, oh, they, they're not going to try to make themselves look bad. They're not, and they're not going to try to make Horvat look bad. They're not going to try to make anyone look bad. They, right. they want to make this happen, we think. But who, who knows, Matt? Maybe, maybe Alvina Rutherford, uh, maybe this isn't uh, uh, rocket science. Maybe they, they hitched their wagon to Miller. They, it was plain as day back in August. And uh, now they're not trying as hard as they could to, to sign Horvat. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think, where do you think this leaves? So if you're going to trade Horvat because of the amount of money you're going to have to pay him. Yep. And the Canucks are not a playoff team this year, most likely. Yeah. 1585, especially if you trade Horvat soon. I mean, it's, you know, there's, there's 40 more goals this year that you've now given up or at least on his pace. Yeah. Um, What are you doing with Andre Kuzmenko? Well, it, it does open the door to re-signing him. I, I, I really think so. I think um, I've heard numbers as low as three and a half to four. I've heard his numbers as high as five and a half to six. Maybe it depends on what his total points and especially his goal total ends up to be. Uh, but I, I think more than anything, this signals uh, it, they're related, but it's not exactly because this happened, this will happen. Mm-hmm. But I, it does lead me to believe that they're, they're more willing and they've always wanted to resign him. I really do. Cause I think it looked kind of bad if they, they beat out all these teams, but then they can't afford to. I guess that's the risk, right? That you take be, by him being so good this season. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been great. I, here's the thing: if they're paying, if he's getting six million, I think the Canucks are getting a steal. To be yeah. to be honest, uh, at this point, uh, here's a, a fun fact for you. Okay, um, Andre Kuzmenko is less than a year younger than Bo Horvat, right? Horvat mm-hmm. is 27, Kuzmenko is 26. Obviously, Kuzmenko is, is putting up a ton of points, but a lot of that's coming from Elias Patterson, to be fair. Um, but yep. he has been a, a great wing partner for Elias Patterson and probably someone that you'd want to key, uh, continue to to be a wing partner for Elias Patterson. Uh, I know you mentioned the athletic player cards um, <laughs> earlier, and I love the the market value stat because you can see, because yeah. ideally, salary cap world, as I like to say, the team that makes the most out of the money that you are allotted is the best team in the NHL theoretically yes yes Vancouver Canucks are paying Andre Kuzmenko about one million dollars uh and his market value as of right now this year is 9.4 million dollars he's playing uh like a 9.4 million dollar player currently that's pretty good um, yeah it's absurdly good uh he is 92nd percentile offensively 50th percentile these uh, defensively so basically oh, a top winger offensively and a decent winger defensively um and so overall um compared to average he is 90 90th percentile of a winger yeah, I, just like whether like the 90th percentile in canucks youtube shows absolutely um <laughs> they were talking about a a, a top 10 yeah. percent player right yeah. each team's got what eight wingers top 10 percent. that's the best winger on most teams right or on sure. like a, a a below average team I love what you said about Kuzmenko too being a. a be, I think Kuzmenko is going to be to PD what they were hoping Besser was going to be to PD. Quite frankly, yeah. his, his running mate. Yeah, yeah, they they play really well together, and you see yeah. a guy like Ilya Mikheyev get get in there too, right? Mikheyev, yeah. who's been pretty good. Um, What's his player card, by the way? 
value? Uh, I want you to guess. Well, I know he's making four nine. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say that they've that he's slightly he's close to that four five. Seven point six. Oh, I'm no good at this. <laughs> Seven six. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's wow. on a 50, he's on a fifty point pace. Um, he's ninety sixth wow. percentile offensively um, projected, um, which is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, McKay's been been very good analytically. Um, you wow. know, the team for the most part, like the players are are. There's most people that are pretty good analytically, and there's some big black holes, especially <laughs> when you look on the defensive side um, and at the goaltending that really that really are, are killing them at this point and parker these athletic and i know these are it's for only they're behind a paywall a cheap yeah. paywall but they're behind a paywall so i i get we don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but it does give a really good indication of, of what how these players are playing and it's is it compared to expectation or compared to other players because i know demko is a minus i know tyler myers is a minus but is that compared to expectation or compared to other players in the league so i believe uh, I have, there's an article on it, uh, that okay. I don't want to read, of course, but basically yeah. it's based on the, um, project it's based on the projected future value, I guess. So it's based on wins, like how much, okay. you, you know, how much, how many wins is this player projected to earn you over the course of a season? Right. Uh, and a win is worth about $3.3 million. Um, so that's basically how they, how they do the math. Uh, Mikheyev is a wor- worth about two wins. I think it's probably scaled up over time with inflation. Sure. Uh, but Mikheyev is worth about two wins, uh, and that's putting him at seven point six million dollars. Okay. Oh, thanks for explaining that. Okay, so I, I do know that Demko is like minus one point four million or something, right? Yeah. So Demko is is awesome. worth minus one point seven million dollars at his yeah. current play, uh, which makes his surplus value, which is you know how effect how efficient you are to the cap, minus six point seven million dollars. Um, which is bad. That's a whole Tyler Myers and a little bit more. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Tyler Myers. Oh, you want his too? Tyler Myers is a, he is worth minus 0.1. So minus 100,000. So his surplus value is minus $6.1 million. So the Canucks so- <laughs> between Myers and Demko this year are down. Uh, throw Ekman Larson in there too. He's worth about minus five. So, you know, there's, there's $20 million, $50 million in the hole, um, which some of the other players make up for, um, but a lot of them don't. Wow. Wow. Okay. So proven the point. One more JT Miller worth 8.4. Oh, so which is surprising based on his giveaways. Um, A quick aside about JT Miller though, Parker, but sort of on topic. So, uh, I heard Halford and Bruff talking about this morning how with JT Miller, when you look at how much he handles the puck and his uh, whatever, I don't know if it's underlying stats or not, that if you see it for in terms of numbers and averages and not how egregious, the, how bad the turnover is, he's actually okay. It's just that the magnitude of his turnovers, the timing of his turnovers are so bad. I, I'm not saying that's justifying anything. It's just they're making the point that he does – a lot of people give him a bad hard time for sure because he screws up a lot, but he also handles the puck a lot more than almost any other mm-hmm. kind of player. That's what they were saying. I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. You know. um, Peter is asking for Riley Stillman's. Uh, fun fact: they only show a twenty-man roster, and Riley Stillman didn't even make the cut for this article. Uh, Ethan Bear and Travis Dermott both did. 
Dermot did, and he hasn't played the season. <laughs> right. So it's kind of based off. What's, of what's Dermot's value then? In the last year, uh, they have a two million dollars. Because uh, again, it's based off. It's based off the last three years, with your latest okay. being the most. You know, current year being worth the most, uh, weight wise. So Shen, that's why. Uh, how you doing? Sorry, I'm sorry. How you doing? Is asking about Shen as well. Uh, two point six. Okay, he's good. Good hockey player. And that, that that's one of the reasons why JT Miller is so high, right? Because it's saying it's taking a lot of last year into account and saying, mm. well, he's gonna, you know these are these 20 games worth more than last year's 82 yeah. maybe not 100 percent, right so that's that's part of the balance there as well yeah so parker what percentage of fans do you think uh are on quote bow's side now and i see in the chat it's got to be about 80 85 percent actually even more i haven't seen one single person said oh he should take a hometown discount oh he's being greedy everyone's saying good go for it good for him do your thing you've given us eight nine loyal years go make money, yeah. go play for a good team. Do you think that's going to be the general sentiment? It really should be yeah. like he has been, you know, you can, we can talk about how he's been the car, the, the captain and, and the team's never done anything. Right? right. But we can also look at the, who ran the team and say that that's more, you know, as the people around him, Horvat was never the problem. Sure. He was never, you know, he was never a, an 80 point player, but he's been a consistent, you know, 60 point pace guy for the yeah. last five years really right um which is a very valuable piece um elias Patterson basically you know pushed him down to to be a a very good second line center right we always talk about how uh, if you're putting up 50 points you're a very good second liner mm -hmm. and you're putting up 60 and you're winning 58 percent of the faceoffs. that's awesome um yeah. Yeah. and the canucks have had him on a bargain for six years right i remember that yeah. i remember the day that contract was signed um, he says, yeah. I was working, I was working at Northview. Uh, and I remember that that contract got signed and I was thinking, you're that's, eight years old. That's a good deal. Uh, yes. like that's, that's a heck of a deal. Uh, yep. and I really liked it. Uh, and it has been like, he has been good. Um, yep. and we're at the point where the team around him hasn't done anything for him. Um, right. and you look back at the bubble, he had 10 goals in 17 games where he couldn't stop scoring. Yes. Um, kind of like right now. So yeah, if he, if I'm putting myself in his shoes and I'm saying, well, I can stay here and, you know, like every, every kid, they, they grew up, you know, he's from Ontario. He mm -hmm. grows up. He wants to be, he wants to win the Stanley cup. That's it. Yep. That's the goal. Um, you look at the picture here and you say, well, how do we get there? I'm not going to make it happen. I can't make it happen. I'm not in the situation to make it happen, but I can go somewhere else that is better managed and have a have a chance of you know that's already a contender and have a chance to to do it maybe even this year mm -hmm. right like that's yeah i i would be doing the exact same thing and the horvat career arc parkers is interesting very generally i'm speaking of course but got drafted got uh, you know uh, the shades that they were talking about he could be a two-way center then we saw that he was a better offensively than defensively uh, but not the best skater then he works on his skating then he's kind of bad defensively still so we kind of take away the two-way center uh kind of uh kind of mystique yeah then yeah we as progresses progresses learns under henrik becomes a captain has an awesome bubble where he makes the st louis blues look like fools on, on a couple goals and and then and even vegas and then yeah, then this whole thing, Miller, not versus Horvat, but uh, how are they doing together, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to this year. So he, he's he's definitely up and down, up and down, but he's certainly, the trajectory is up. So yeah, and it's going to show, like you said, you so well, six years ago when he signed that, five years ago, 5.5, .5, that's 
it's not McKinnon good, but it's it's really good contract. Yeah. Yeah, and for a team, you know, if we are talking about a pure rental, right? Yep. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, there's only going to be about $2 million of that cap hit left by that mm. point of the um, of the season, right? That is, you are adding in a, you know, and we said this a lot about JT Miller last year when we thought they started with the deadline and how he would have so much value because, yeah, you're adding a guy who's probably going to score around 50 goals this year yeah. and is going to win... 58% of the faceoffs for you um, that you can put on your, you know, you can put him on your second line and yeah. he will be, you know, fantastic. Sure. Defensively, he's been bad this year. Last yeah. year was his best year defensively, at least analytically. Uh, yeah. This year has been bad. Um, so yeah, it, we're, we're talking about a, a very, very valuable player. Um, I don't know if he's as valuable as JT Miller was last year, but yeah, he's a, uh, He's a, you know, one slash two C that, you know, they don't come around. That's a great leader, right? He's the captain. You, you read my mind. That's exactly what I was going to ask you uh, right before you said it. Vis-a-vis -vis Miller. So I, I'm kind of thinking, Parker, in my head, what happens, if, what happens if we hadn't signed Miller yet? Would $8 million still be like the make or break? Or if we hadn't signed Miller and somehow we were sitting here on December 12th saying Miller and Horvat are both unsigned, then can you go after Horvat first and try and get him to seven to seven and a half? Or is he looking at Rupi Hints getting eight over eight and blah, blah, blah. So that's the fasting thing. And if, if, if you don't think he's a one C, you're not going to pay a two C eight million. So that's the other thing. So in Horvat's yeah. mind, and I remember when, when the agent was talking about this, I, I kind of smirked a little bit because it was at the start of the season when he said, well, oh, Horvat's a one C. And I said, oh, is he really? But his numbers show that he is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he's not, he's not an elite one C, but okay. he's, you know, on... On a team of the Vancouver Canucks caliber, he's absolutely a 1C. They just happen to have a better 1C in Elias Pettersson. Yeah. Yes. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of teams that don't have a great number one center, right? Yep. That he would fit right in um, yep. to be their, their 1C. Not a lot of playoff teams, I don't think. There's none that are, like, jumping to mind um, as, like, who the who the good candidates might be. Um, Justin keeps mentioning, uh, not keeps Justin mentioning Washington a couple times with Backstrom out. Yeah, and that's a fair show. Washington yep. has had a, a bit of a rebound lately. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. they're they're technically outside of the playoff picture right now, so they might be a little hesitant to do that. Right. right. Um, but I, I had the uh, their odds up on uh, the Athletics odds thing. They've shot up from uh, from down sort of around twenty five percent. They're up to fifty two percent now. So they're basically a coin flip adding a player like Horvat probably helps. Um, however, if I am Bo Horvat, I don't know if Washington's a team that I'm looking at signing long-term, right? Because right. they're, this is a team that has, you know, their, their key players are a 37 year old Alex Ovechkin or however old he is <laughs> a 30 year old Kuznetsov, a 32 year old Carlson, right? Their best players are getting up there in age. Um, but, Definitely as a rental, right? That yeah. could be um, definitely a, a decent spot for him to end up. Although they have, isn't I think Strom's doing really well for them. But okay, again, you'd probably rather have a guy like Horvat there um, than than a guy like Strom. Some people also suggesting Detroit because it's close to Michigan, close to Ontario, where Bo's from. They're very surprising. They're thirteen, eight, and six. So a lot of overtime losses, but thirty-two points in twenty-seven games. Yeah, technically in a playoff spot right now. So. Or, or right there, so that that's uh, 
and they might lose Dylan Larkin. They might choose Horvat. Well, whatever. I'm getting ahead of myself, but maybe they're pre- preparing for losing Dylan Larkin, who's who is known to be the second maybe highest sought after UFA this year. So that's an interesting fit. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of places that yeah, even if they do have a great first line center, yep. right? There's a lot of places where it wouldn't hurt to add um, a great second line center because you, you, you're going to play your first line. 20 minutes a night and play your second mm-hmm. line 18 minutes a night. What's does it matter that much? Right. So, right. yeah, yeah I, I think there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of interested parties. So, okay. We, we've, we, as we figured, we, we went 30 minutes on this one topic. Ultimately in your mind, Parker done deal. Horvat's gone at the trade deadline. 80%. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's still a chance they get something done. Um, there's also a chance that the Canucks win 30 games in a row and, and they keep them <laughs> as their own rental. Um, however unlikely that might be and <laughs> probably not a choice that I would make, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. We've seen the days of Ham Hughes and Verbata being lost for nothing when you can actually, when they're actually good. So but yeah. this is, yeah, by far the, the, the biggest, well, I guess you knew that Markstrom and Tanev were expiring to Foley, but. That was a weird year where they're setting up for the expansion draft. Whatever. Oh, man. This is... Well, guess what? We're going to be talking about for the next eight, nine weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is what's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> well, wow. strap in. Make yep. sure you're subscribed for that. <laughs> Hit like. Yeah. Do all that good stuff. Um, do you want to go to the people? Let's go to the people. Last, last 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Do we have anything yeah. else that we wanted to... To hit on here? I don't hmm. think so. You want any more player cards? Anyone you're interested in? Tanner uh, Pearson spe- isn't good. What is it? Yeah, it's like minus something. It's not great. Parker, uh, you know what? He's worth people, 0.4. People have been asking. If there's only 20, um, just rip through them. It'll take you a minute. Just just name a value, if you don't mind, because I think people really want to know. They've been asking about all of them in the chat. Uh, Elias Patterson, 12.7. Awesome. JT Miller, 8.4. Brock Besser, $1.2 million, oh. which hurts. Bose at 8.8. McKay of 7.6. Kuzmenko, that 9.4. Niels Hoaglander, 0.6. <laughs> so basically replacement level. Yeah. Um, Vasily Pod Colson, 0.9. So exactly what he gets paid, yeah. basically. Um, Connor Garland, 4.5. Uh, although mm-hmm. this year... He is a lot worse than the like. Remember, it's taking the last couple of years into account as well. Um, so he was worth 2.5 wins in 2020, 2021, 2.7 wins 2021, 2022. Keep saying 20. Uh, and this last uh, this year so far, he's only projected to be worth about 1.1, which would okay. in theory make him worth about three million, right? Um, which is less than five. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Joshua 2.1. Uh, they have Niels Oman at negative 0.3. Um, he, he analytically, he's been pretty hemmed in, um, mm. which makes me sad because um, I have a piece coming out of Niels Oman pretty soon. Hopefully yes. he's still on the team by the time that drops because <laughs> um, that would be my nightmare. Uh, Tell Drance to hurry up. <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, even though it's in my court again. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. Quinn Hughes, 6.3, a uh, bit of a dip. Um, that by the way, 2021 season's hurting that for sure. Okay. And then Parker and I were joking around Quinn 6.3. Would you say that Quinn is one third the player of the Makaras? Because Makaras card is 19 million. 
Kale McCarr's so good. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, the pro- the problem is defensively, Quinn Hughes has been abysmal this year. Um, yeah. which which hurts. Um, and he's yeah. been better offensive than last year, so that makes it tough. Oliver Ekman Larson's worth two point six. They're paying him a lot more than that for a lot more years. Tyler Myers is worth negative zero point one. Luke Shen is worth two point six. Travis Dermott's worth two. Ethan Bear is worth one point six. Thatter Demko, like we said, minus one point seven. Spencer Martin is worth zero point nine. His 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 salary basically. 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 Yep. Surprise Martin's on a little bit more, but I guess that makes uh okay. Yeah. So we're getting it's, more. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're getting negative out of our D and our goaltending, basically. Yeah. Which is not surprising. No, it makes sense, actually. Uh, we also had a request for Tage Thompson, 13. 13 million. And remember, that's taking into account the last couple of years as well, where he was not as, you know, he wasn't projected to score 52 goals, um, which which helps. I'm so happy I got him in my fantasy league, Parker. And, and it's a keeper league where it's year yeah, over year. So that's a good yeah. keeper. 25 Thank years you. old, had 40 goals last year. Going to score 50 this year. Yeah, not yeah. too, uh, not too, not too bad. Um, yeah, his his Kalmakar is really that high. Yeah, uh, McKinnon's worth 16.5. Rantanen's worth 14. Landis Hogs worth 12.2. The Chushkin's worth 11.4. All of them surplus. Lekkinen's worth 7.4, which is yeah. three million over what he gets paid. Do they have any negatives? Dryden Hunt is one of their negatives. Darren Helm, so two guys making basically minimum. Yeah. Kel McCarr, yeah, 19.6. Devon Taves was worth 14.2. You know how much Devon Taves makes? Makes $4 million bucks a year. Oh. Uh, Bowen Barnes with 2.5, which is more than he makes. Sam Gerrard is their big negative. And Eric Johnson. Sam Gerrard's uh, a negative? Wow. Yeah, he's had a bad year, I think. Okay. Uh, and last year it wasn't very good either. But the two years prior to that, he was fantastic. Right, um, right, right. So just, yeah, he's had a bit of a fall lately, but a decent candidate for a bounce back, you'd have to think. Okay, we're not going to make you look up every single player in no, the league, but let's do done. only th- three, no, three more because people okay. ask. And then, three more. please, and then that's it. McDavid, Matthews, Ovechkin. Please, please, please. Okay, McDavid would be Edmonton. Matthews yeah. is Toronto, Washington. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Connor, McDavid is worth $21.2 million. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's worth six wins per year. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, Trice is worth like... 14 and a half, too. Okay. Uh, Austin Matthews is worth 19.3. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Alex Ovechkin is worth 10 and a half, and he makes nine and a half. Okay. Wow. Thank you for doing all that. And mm-hmm. yes, it is behind a paywall. So um, if you. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to. I don't want Drance to come after me. I'm sure I'm not, I'm like, he'd care that much, but no, 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 that's, uh, that's yeah, cool. Jason Robertson is worth like 20 as well. So, wow, 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 wow. All right, five minutes to go. Okay, any, any questions from the people? Well, there, um, there's been a lot of talking about, um, well, we still reserve judgment on Rutherford and LV and kind of what you said, how it's Benning's the group that, uh, and a lot of people blame, blaming for Francesco actually, even more than Benning, yeah. I mean, a yeah. little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, yeah. I would say. Uh, Dean, thank you for the five. Oh, Much yeah. appreciated. Yeah, you don't uh, have to pay to ask questions, but thank you. you we appreciate it. You can if you'd like to. Uh, <laughs> Dean asks, would you trade Pod Colson or Hoaglander for a third round pick? I don't. 
I don't think I, don't. I do either. Um, if I were to trade one of them for a third round pick, it would probably be Niels Hoaglander. But yeah. I think both of them are like, especially Hoaglander, I bet is a, a pretty decent candidate for a change of scenery bump because um, he was playing much better before Bruce Boudreaux came in. Uh, what's the harm in holding him for one more year when you're going to have a new coach anyways uh, and see if that turns him around? And, and same with Pod Colson, right? Um, right? I think I, I don't think a third-round pick gets you any closer to the ultimate goal than a guy like Pod Colson or Hoaglander does. Um, yeah, yes. I don't think it would be like a, a franchise-ruining trade if you did, but I don't think it's something they need to do. What they need to do is is get rid of the the salary issues. You know, Ray Farrell talked about this very thing about um, quote giving up on Pod Colson. He was talking about Pod Colson, and, he's, and he used the example of Tace Thompson. He said Tace Thompson is like you said, twenty five. It took him a while to get to where he's at now, and he's not saying that Pod Colson is going to be like Tace Thompson, but it's a cautionary tale of giving up too early on your your highly valued prospect. So that's my way of saying no. I would not do that trade. Yeah, uh, Peter says Parker for owner. Um, does that mean I'm a multi billionaire? Do it. Sweet. Sold. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, what else do we have? Uh, Eli asks future captaincy core after Horvat goes. So theoretically, all the letters are off. Who okay. are you? Who's who's your captain? Who are your two A's? They like to go two forwards, two D. Um, so I go, man, I would go Ekman Larson and Hughes. If Ekman Larson's around, because uh, yeah, his contract sucks, but he's a good leader. And then I, I would go Petey and Miller, and I'd I'd, I'd give I'd I'd give the C to Petey. I'd slap it right on his chest. Yeah, uh, Elias Patterson's my captain. One one hundred percent. Elias Patterson is the captain. Um, like you could you could do you could give it to OEL, theoretically, um, but I mean I I think that's more like. Remember when Florida? Who did Florida have as their captain a few years ago? It was like, like a it, old, old it was a fourth liner. Oh. Um, Panthers captain, like 2016, let's say. Um, oh man, it just gives me the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Derek McKenzie. Uh, oh, they made they made their captain, um, and he was at like the very tail end of his career, and he was like you know he was a 20 point player. Uh, on mm-hmm. their fourth, he, no, he wasn't. He was like a 16 point player on their fourth line, uh, and they made him the captain, um, right, right, which is right. basically what that would be for Oliver Ekman Larson. I mean, we're talking about a guy who I don't think you're going to give the captain to a guy who you're probably not going to have in the lineup every night in a in a year or two. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that would be an iffy choice. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm giving the C to Petey um, yeah. straight away, sure. um, and then I'm probably going. Yeah, I'm probably giving an A to Miller, and I'm probably giving. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who I give the second one to. Do you go the the Quinn Hughes route? Yeah, you know that could be that could be a choice as well. Um, yeah. Give it to Thatcher Demko. Why not? Yeah. And also, some uh, JS also. Uh, I I keep calling him Jay Z in my streams. JS, uh, no uh, Shen, yeah, great leader, but no guarantees here next year. Yeah, yeah. If they go, if they sign Shen to like a, a three year deal at like one and a half million dollars or something or two million bucks, um, then maybe. But again, it's it's a stopgap, right? Like you want your mm-hmm. captain to be someone who's going to play for you for a long time, right? 
um, for the next 10 years, ideally. Um, so yeah. Yep. I agree. Um, do, 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 do. what else we got? Um, I guess we're at 11. We can take one or two more. Sure. I saw uh, any one. That... I saw one about, uh, uh, here. And I, I, I put out the bio calculator. Indeed, it would be, uh, 2.4, then, then 5 million for a couple of years and then back to 2 million again. To, to biotech and Larson. So yeah. we're talking. Yeah. So the cap hit would be, uh, if you, let's say you bought him out this off season. Yeah. You would pay him $146,000 next season. So that you'd save $8 million on the cap next year. Basically, <laughs> a, a full Bo Horvat on the cap next year. Yeah. Um, and then you would have to pay 2.4, 4.8, 4.8. Yeah. Uh, and that's that takes you to when uh, his contract would have ended. Uh, and then the rest of the way, you are spending 2.13 basically for four years extra. So you're, you're tacked on with two and a half million dollars, basically for, for four extra years. Technically. Yep. Technically it's, it's $10 million of savings on the cap. Right. And then, and then when you're paying that 2 million, even though he's not on your books anymore, like on the team, I mean, I mean, he's of course not on your team, but he's uh, not in the books. It's the salary cap is probably going to be way higher by then. But then, of course, it's all relative. You still want to use your money. Yeah. So would you do it? The question is, would you do it? Um, I don't I don't know if you do it this year. Uh, no. Maybe you wait a year because then it's only two extra years. Or I guess three extra years instead of four. Yeah. Um, and that number gets lower. Uh, I mean, the, the problem with buying him out this year is that the majority of the cap savings come next season. So that you'd have to make a play for next year, right? Yeah. Um, like, what are they going to do with an extra $8 million next year? Where does yeah. that get them, right? Um, I don't think it gets them very far. So I say, you know, push it out a year, eat it for next year, because they're probably not winning the Stanley Cup next year. Uh, yeah. And then that sort of maximizes your savings uh, in 2024, 25, 25, 26, 26, 27. Um, and then maybe it has a little bit more value at that point. I will say the numbers aren't as bad as I expected, quite frankly. Yeah, it is yeah. a fairly buyoutable contract. Yeah. Um, even though it's not not great. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Prediction um, time. We got two, win- two prediction games. Prediction time. Prediction time. Let me pull up the old schedule. So the Vancouver Canucks play Wednesday in Calgary and Saturday at home against Winnipeg and then Monday the 19th against St. Louis. So oh, three, three games. games. Okay. Um, I say they probably lose in Calgary and they beat Winnipeg and they beat St. Louis. So I am going Ooh. with a good old two and one. I'll go one, one and one. I will say they lose to Calgary. They beat Winnipeg. They seem to beat Winnipeg at home. And then only at home. And then I think they get a loser point against St. Louis. Although I want them to win. Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll take it. All right. I think we're going to wrap up there, folks. If you enjoyed the show and you missed any part of it, you can rewind back to the beginning. Uh, or you can find it on your favorite podcast platform in a matter of about 15 minutes. Uh, Clay, any parting words for this fine evening? Well, this has been great. This has been a good show. Thank you. We I think we hit 150 people. We appreciate you, all of you, uh, spending some time with us on Monday night. We know, Parker and I, we talk about all the time that uh, 
our numbers are not that's all about numbers but we do a lot better when we stay on monday night so we're going to try and do that as much as we can so hit the like button on the way out and uh yeah uh, never a dull moment with this team there's always something going on and today proved it once again but i hope we were able to break it down to you in a for you in a digestible way yep so that's it folks thank you very much have a lovely rest of your week and uh we will talk to you next time